nanga tere mā, no mai ki te pai o te wao nui, no mai haere mai, tēnā koutou katoa ko Jamie Tahana Ahau. You're listening to Te Wao Nui, a wrap of the week's Māori news here on RNZ National, with me, Jamie Tahana. This week, the reality sets in for whānau struggling in the aftermath of Auckland's floods, and the interface of mātauranga and design. We have an interview about that. But first, Waitangi Day is a day for reflection, commemoration, debate, protest and celebration. And last Monday, it was all back. The waka, the ceremonies, carnivals and of course, the politics. Here's our report from Waitangi Day 2023. Fakaria Mai sings across the treaty grounds as hundreds gather before the ornate Te Whareru Nanga on a bleak, drizzly morning. They're here to mark 183 years since Rangatira signed a treaty with the Crown, forming the basis of a nation. In karakia and prayers, politicians and crown officials contemplated the years since. The highs and lows, the promises made and the promises broken. The saying from mana whenua here is clear. Ngāpuhi never ceded sovereignty. A question put to Tita Tokiro MP, Calvin Davis. Um, look, according to the Ngāpuhi position is that they didn't so, uh, cede sovereignty. Uh, the government's still working through that. What does that mean? What are the implications? And that's the debate held at Titi Marae, across the river from the treaty grounds, in three days of forums. Are the promises of Titiriti being lived up to? The Prime Minister, Chris Hipkins, concedes there's still a way to go. There are a whole lot of New Zealanders who are a bit scared to talk about Titiriti and to talk about our past history and what went, what went wrong and what went well. Um, and I think that we should just allow, you know, good... Uh, honest conversation to take place. I think that's how we reach understanding. The national leader, Christopher Luxon, copped flack for calling the treaty a little experiment, later saying he meant it was a unique foundation for a nation. That didn't happen, if you think about it, pre-1840 around the world. There was, you know, um, and, and, and granted the intention then was great, and then obviously the Crown uh, didn't honour its obligations uh, after that point in time, and that's what a lot of our modern history has been about, is, 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 is trying to, to deal with that issue. But essentially what I was trying to say was, look, we should be really proud about this place. But Waitangi Day is much more than politics. It's the celebration and examination of a nation. The parades, the debates, the performances and the kai. As for flotilla of waka parading across the estuary, greeted by kāranga and haka in front of titi, paddlers ranging from children to elders. Mukaihura of Ngāpuhi and Ngātihine how to lead the waka Ngātoki. As we come out, uh, and the people are there along the sides there, uh, you can feel and sense the uh, energy in the air. It's, uh, it's beautiful. Representing and here for those ancestors, both sides, who came to the uh, grounds here, Ruarang Pito Whenua, way back in uh, 1840. At the top of the treaty grounds outside James Busby's old house, the chair of the Waitangi National Trust, Peter Tipene, reflects on having people back. No one could come last year. Events cancelled because of COVID. I think when people say, you just can't beat having so many people, a throng of people, 
hearing different voices, hearing the diversity, but feeling the unity that everybody is seeking. And in 17 years, it'll be 200 years since the Tiriti o Waitangi was signed. He wants the country to start having a kōrero about what it should look like then. Uh, let's start thinking about that now, about those tangible symbols, but also the continuing conversations and challenges that we need to have with each other. Whatever that looks like, he says one thing is certain, the treaty will endure. That's my report from Waitangi. So how did it all go? The chair of the Waitangi National Trust, Peter Tipene, and the chair of Te Runanga a Iwi o Kahu, Professor Margaret Mutu, joined Morning Report's Corin Dan. Oh, it was absolutely wonderful, uh, and that was the whole week leading into uh, Waitangi Day itself with the iwi chairs early on in the week and a number of other pōwhiri functions and events leading into the pōwhiri for the parliamentarians and Waitangi Day itself. It was a wonderful carnival atmosphere as it always is and um, yeah, we're, we're, we're very happy how it all went in the end. And you felt that the politicians in terms of their message and their uh, temptations, I, all, I guess, always to, to bring politics to the pipe. What was your sense of that? Yeah, politicians bring politics, and we have made a conscious effort at the Waitangi National Trust to get everybody who comes here, not just the politicians, to focus on the reason why, uh, why we uh, observe the day, and it's about Waitangi, Te Tiriti or Waitangi, and Te Whakaputanga. So uh, we had a theme. Together we are a nation. We asked everybody to focus on the theme. And while it was the first time round, uh, by and large, everybody did their best to to stick to the kaupapa. Dr Mutu, your sense, that there's no question that this year, that like many years gone by, that there is a, a bubbling undercurrent here in that there is a debate this time around co-governance. In previous years, it's been around closing the gaps or, or the iwi-kiwi debates and these sort of things. What is your sense about this debate and the call, I guess, from the leaders for some unity uh, uh, around it? I think what perhaps will help us this year is the fact that the Human Rights Commission has just published two extremely important reports. One is uh, Maranga Mai and the other is Kita Faiao Kitao Marama. And it sets out the need for the country to address racism. And it gives a very detailed uh, outline of the effects of colonisation and racism on Māori and then how the country can move towards uh, developing a national action plan against racism. Now, if we can focus on the need to get rid of racism rather than using Māori as a political football, which has been done in the past and which... I have to say National Iwi Chairs Forum was rather afraid that this might happen. Uh, We are hoping to see a much much more um, respectful uh, approach this time. Uh, We we were given hope for that. Uh, The government's response to National Iwi Chairs Forum's plea that they please do the best they can not to throw Māori under the bus in this election cycle uh, seem to be well understood. Chris Hipkins, though, has not yet revealed his plans around co-governance, other than to say he, he wants to change the name and he wants to change the debate in some sense. But if he was to 
for example, ditch co-governance from the Three Waters legislation, where would that set things? Uh, nationally, we chose for almost very clear that doing that sort of thing would be a step backwards because at the end of the day, what you need in this country and the last week in Auckland has been just such a good demonstration of this is you need the best minds, the best experience, the best expertise in the country addressing the horrific problems we have around the management of fresh water. And included in that expertise is the centuries of knowledge that each hapū around the country has in respect of the water in their area. And you can't plan uh, water management in this country based on three-year electoral cycles. It has to be a 50-year, a 100-year planning cycle, which is what Māori work within. So... They can change the name uh, if they want to change the name, but at the end of the day, you don't toss out the expertise that is here in this country to ensure that what happened in Auckland, what's been happening in the Tairawhiti, what's been happening over the country in terms of the results of mismanaging our water does not continue. Uh, Peter, what is your view on that? Would a move away from a 50-50 co-governance model in that piece of legislation be acceptable for many Māori? Uh, it would be unacceptable. Uh, as Tukum Morgan said at the National Iwi Chairs and directed it at the Prime Minister, uh, when he said, ultimately, this is about pipes under the ground, um, People are, are beating things up. And in fact, uh, Chris Hipkins said at the parliamentary porphyry that there are those who choose to exploit the uncertainty of darkness. Um, he is saying that there are those who are fanning the flames of uh, race here in New Zealand to garner votes in the upcoming election. And that's very unfortunate. That's Professor Margaret Mutu and Peter Tepene speaking to Corin Dan. The Waitangi Day commemorations brought in about 20,000 people, a stark contrast to last year when visitors were asked to stay away due to the Omicron outbreak. But as Northland reporter Sam Ollie found, business owners in Paihia and Waitangi were not as busy as they'd hoped. To be honest, I'm actually surprised today that it's not that busy here. I thought it would be a bit busier, but no, it's, there's quite a lot of parking places and things. That was disappointing for business owners like Rosme Ra from Paihia Fish and Chips. I see it looks like uh, less people than uh, normal a lot. Yes, from the beginning, from the early week, from compared to the before COVID. And managers like Michelle Burr at Charlotte's Kitchen. It's actually a lot quieter than we thought it would be, which is probably mostly because of the weather. Um, the roads being closed, the winter winds have been shut for a couple of days. At least 20,000 people joined the commemorations, a drop on pre-COVID levels of around 30,000 or more. Generally relaxing, buying things, shopping, walking around, swimming in the ocean. On this side it looks very, very touristy. But you look a little further, the Waitangi, and it's where the real business is going on. It's just strangers everywhere. 
and visitors lapped it up. My brothers and my mum and dad, they all come back for this and it's just an opportunity to come back to the roots. And I thought after 50 years I'd better make it to at least one. The dawn ceremony, pretty special and just being part of the kaupapa. Doing the hookers and stuff and learning to paddle. <laughs> For some it was their first visit to Waitangi Day commemorations. 77-year-old Colleen McClymont came up from Te Whanganui Atara, Wellington. To learn, appreciate a bit more some of the issues that Māori feels so strongly about and the, the role that Pākehā have got to support them. As did her husband, Bob. I am definitely a beneficiary of colonialism. Yeah, uh, uh, it sobers me to think what's happened and, and how we have just calmly gone along and assumed that Māori would just assimilate. And Race Relations Commissioner Ming Foon says it is realisations like this that make the event so important for all ages and ethnicities to visit the commemorations on the ground, not just watch them on television. It's good to be in person. I haven't been for three years. And so it's good to be Atinana to arrive here at the Tiriti grounds and what a beautiful sight. A beautiful sight that organisers hope will bring more new faces next year. You're listening to Te Waunui, a wrap of the week from our Māori News team here at RNZ National, called Jamie Tahana Tine. A fortnight after the floods in Tāmaki Makoto, the reality is setting in for many whānau who lost their homes and are trying to rebuild their lives. Despite schools reopening, some still can't send their tamariki back. Ashley McCall reports. It's been two weeks since mother of four Kataraina Tuka's home was hit by flooding in Mount Ross School. Her whare is yellow-stickered, so for now she is living in a hotel in Onihonga. We're definitely holding. Nah, we're getting there. Just It's hard. It sucks. You know, being cooped up in somewhere, you know, so small, four kids, but better than not having a roof over our head at all, I suppose. She's looking for a new rental home, but like many others, is struggling. If you think it was bad before, it's worse now. <laughs> it's hard. Especially when, you know, you've lost all your ID because somebody dropped their phone in the water or you've got no car to get around, so it's just making it so where we can. But we're just grateful for the support that we've got. And she's not alone. Māori health provider Waipareira Trust has been helping many whānau in West Tāmaki who have been displaced. Management lead Jolie Thompson says one family stands out in her mind. Their house was one of the first ones to be red stickered. It was, you know, destroy Kuya Komatua, and they've got Karen Kastabia Mokopuna who has special needs and health concerns. They're getting taken out of that. They're getting kicked out, basically, of their emergency accommodation. Other whānau stayed at schools, such as Mount Ross School's Wesley Primary School, which was turned into an evacuation centre when the floods hit. But some tamariki haven't been able to return to Kura. 
Canada. Wesley School Principal Lou Reedy has noticed the absence of some of his students. We've got six that we know are in that high-risk situation. We lost their car, lost their home uh, in a temporary housing situation and we haven't been able to get them here. The others, there's 10 that we haven't been able to get a hold of at all. Ms Thompson says it's a common situation with some whānau no longer having the resources they need. We're working with a number of whānau helping them place things like school uniforms you know, and, and a lot of the whānau that we're supporting didn't want to help. I was watching people trying to dry school shoes you know, so that they could, so that the kids could wear them to school. But they were, they'd been destroyed. They had been in raw sewerage. The Ark project in Mount Roskill was a massive part of the evacuation effort. In estimates, it's helped more than 5,000 people with kai parcels. Coordinator Peter Leloa says each day they start off with plenty of supplies, but by the end of it, there's barely anything left. He admits the team doesn't have enough to keep providing for Fano. That's our biggest push to the government. Like, ARC needs a lot of that support because in our community, in Weasley, Pukitapapa, Mount School, we got hit the most. And a lot of our families, for temporary accommodation, it's not just around the corner. Like, they're placing them at Greenland, Onehanga, somewhere out south or east, and that's just too far for them to travel. The damage from the flooding also extends beyond financial and material loss. Ms Thompson says Fano have had to throw away Tonga or family treasures. The photo albums, the Fano earlobes and kurawai that have been handed down through generations, just absolutely destroyed and that um, heartbreaking for Fano. Ashes, you know, how Fano not knowing how to manage those sorts of things, you know, the, the remains of their loved ones. And while Fano such as Kataraina continue to try to rebuild, many know they've got a long journey ahead. For the first time, two Māori professors have been appointed to the School of Architecture and Design at Victoria University. Professor Rod Barnett will head the school and Derek Kawiti will be Professor for Māori Designed Environments. Paul Kiripaiwai spoke with Derek Kawiti about his mahi at the intersection of mātauranga Māori and technology. I guess my research tries to investigate or explore the intersection between modern-day technologies and how they can be applied to the, um, the world of architecture as a technological system of thought. So I use a lot of very high-end uh, digital tools and high-end digital software. What I bring to it is a, a way of working where I try to renew and bring back a lot of Māori technologies that have been suppressed, but we do it via um, new techniques and methods, um, i.e. robotics. We have a giant robotic arm down in the basement, 3D printers. Um, we build a lot of the equipment that we, we use. What's it like you know, teaching some of those philosophies, the Māori ways of thinking, not just to Māori students but to, to Pākehā students as well? Yeah, that's a good question. It's very, very challenging. Um, it's challenging because you're expecting people with no, if we're talking about Pākehā students, we're expecting people with no um, experiences or, or no background in working with Māori or Māori things full stop. And then we're trying to give them a, um, a way into the culture, if you like, um, and then ways that they can, as architecture students or design students, ways that they can um, work with Māori, have Māori clients, and approach the relationship or the working relationship in terms of architecture in a more fluid, uh, more open way that you would normally not get with a client-architect relationship in a non-Māori context. There's such a dearth of Māori consultants, geotechnical engineers, surveyors, uh, in, uh, structural engineers, uh, civil engineers, 
um, there's, there's hardly any Māori in those um, areas, so um, it's really important that we have Māori in there. Yeah, how can we um, encourage more uh, Māori students to take up these kind of professions? In architecture especially, when I was coming through, there wasn't much visibility and there weren't very many Māori role models. I think at the time there were only um, five or six Māori architects out there and we could have counted them on our hands. But when we we, we set up a, a small uh, group for Māori students, uh, Te Runanga or Whaihanga, and this was uh, probably in the early 90s and it was initiated by Ro Hoskins who was our teacher at the time. And so we, we started to see some of the, the problems of having very little visibility of Māori in these professions and started to um, assert that we, we required more appropriate um, curriculum and, and teaching and, and those sorts of things and, and more sensitive environments. It's grown steadily over the years, but we don't have a lot of um, uh, teachers and, and lecturers in these positions, especially in architecture and design. That's Professor Derek Kawiti. Koina te waunui i tēnei wiki. That's te waunui for this week. You can find all of our Māori news stories on our website, rnz.co.nz, under the Te Ao Māori section. But for now, thanks for joining us. Ko Jamie Tahana tēnei, noho ora mai, tēnā koutou katoa. Mm-hmm.